If Danny Malkin's practicing with the second power play unit, Jake Gensel's taking shots that are a little harder than one might anticipate at this early stage, someone recovering from a hand injury. And Brian Rust seems to be getting close, too. So, yeah, let's do it. Let's make up actual lines for when this team is healthy and throw out preconceptions. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer up Daily Shots of Steelers and Pirates where you found this. It's Penguins versus Sabres tonight at PPG Paints Arena, 7.08 p.m. Face-off, another opponent you would think slash hope that the home team can take care of, though they didn't in their previous meeting on the same rink with Buffalo winning 2-1, to one, but the Penguins outshooting them 5 billion to nothing in the third period. So we'll see if the third period version of those Penguins in that game will show up again tonight. Sooner or later, they're going to have to have everyone. You would think just common sense, uh, law of averages, water finding its own level, whatever term you want to use here, that the Penguins will eventually get everyone back. And if and when they do, that's going to now make for some hard but also potentially fun slash satisfying decisions. What do you do, for example, with Evan Rodriguez? What do you do with him? You are not dropping him to a bottom six role. You can't do it. It's not just about Rodriguez being on some kind of scoring tear. Because if that were the case, what you would see occur with him is a dramatic uptick in his shooting percentage. In other words, you'd see him getting a little lucky. You'd see him taking a bunch of shots that would just find the back of the net, but you wouldn't see his other measurements rise. Well, that's not the case with Rodriguez. He has spiked in every category, advanced or otherwise. He is a complete 200-foot player who is all over the puck, who takes care of his own end, who brings it up out of the zone, who carries it across into the other zone, who sustains a cycle once possession is established down there. He's now also contributing to the top power play as a trigger guy. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I will mumble something up in the press box like, trigger guy, Evan Rodriguez, because it's a sight to see. Number nine sitting over there in the left circle the same way number eight does for Washington. He's really made something of himself. And you as the head coach aren't going to pull the plug on that until it's needed or warranted or you're out of your mind. So let's leave Rodriguez. Well, let's leave him right where he is. I'm serious, including when Jake comes back. 
I'm bumping Brian Rust off that line. Mean, uh, you know, unfair, sure, whatever, okay? Other players have lost their jobs in sports history to injury. Check on how Lou Gehrig started his Iron Man streak with the Yankees 100 years ago. That's how it goes. I can't take Rodriguez off of there, and I can't take him off in favor of Rust, who, you'll recall, wasn't scoring hardly at all. That's not a knock on Rust. It's just where things are right now. So I would leave Sid with Jake, obviously, and I would leave Rodriguez on the right wing. Second line. Ooh, good luck with this one. I'd like to start taking it a little easier on Jeff Carter. He is in his mid to late 30s at this point of his career. And we have seen that his production has, I mean, it's not what it was when he first came and he was a house ablaze. And and obviously he carried that into the playoffs. That wasn't realistic. He's still scoring at a decent pace. He's still getting other things done on the rink. He's still winning big draws, by the way. And he's a part of the PK. If he's going to stay healthy for all 82 and play all 82 or even a majority of it, I want to start finding a way to, you know, back off a little bit there. So that could mean either moving to the wing or that could mean dropping uh, on the center depth chart. I believe and, in fact, have been told that when Malkin comes back, he'll be aligned with Kasperi Kapanen. So instead of pretending that we're going to try something else, I'm just going to go with what the reality is. And then for left wing on that line, is it really going to be Jason Zucker? Are we going to keep waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for him to score? Or do you want to try something a little bit different? Me, I might go with Danton Heinen. But understanding that Malkin and Kapanen are almost certainly going to be playing together. I'd also want somebody on that left side who I know is going to take care of the other stuff. And Zucker, although he does not score, he takes care of the other stuff, and he does so with a big, big passion. And the coaching staff appreciates that. So now what? This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. They, in turn, need your help. Find out how $1 can be turned into five full meals for those in need. Visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. Now what? Now is when it starts getting a little bit rougher or or does it i mean you're not touching the third line are you teddy bluger between zach aston reese and brock mcginn no chance you're not moving any one of those guys and you realize what i've just trapped myself into right yeah brian rust on the fourth line uh, but you know that's that's where this is so you'd have a fourth line here if the other stuff played out the way i laid it out with Rust and Heinen playing around Carter? Okay, so this just can't be your fourth line. You can't have Jeff Carter on your fourth line. So what you do here, what you do here 
And you'll recall Sullivan did this in the playoff series against the Islanders when, you know, he had everyone healthy. You just flip the numbers. Now Bluger and Aston Reese and McGinn become your fourth line. And that at least feels a little more, you know, uh, hockey culture okay-ish, if you know what I'm saying. You don't want to offend anybody by attaching a really ugly number to where they are. Oh, so you're a fourth liner now. That kind of thing. But now, also, look at all the players I just threw right out. Brian Boyle, Dominic Simone, Drew O'Connor, Sam Lafferty. Sam Lafferty who's probably, by the way, going to get a chance to play tonight with, with Boyle being hurt and held out of practice yesterday. And those guys are just going to have to find a way to stay sharp, especially the ones who don't go down to Wilkes-Barre and continue playing there. Lafferty talked about that yesterday after practice. Uh, yeah, I think uh, the biggest thing is you just got to stay positive. You got to keep having fun and uh, just, you know, that's the biggest thing is just keep your emotions up and, and uh, stay positive. And, um, yeah, I've, I, felt, uh, I felt pretty good. Like in practice, I feel good. So I feel ready whenever, um, whenever I'm needed again. Sounds like he knows what the situation is, you know? And let's also remember that the situation could involve, at some stage, making a trade and maybe adding to the third pairing on the blue line. But for now, yeah, we're talking about five lines and change. And I really hope, really hope, that Sullivan and his staff will consider all possibilities as opposed to just going with what's convenient or what might look right. When we come back, just one question. Welcome back. It's time for Just One Question. That's brought to you always on this the monthly cost of cable is over 200 bucks. Fubo TV is 65 bucks a month to watch all the same channels, including AT&T, Sportsnet, Pittsburgh. And right now, Fubo TV is offering our listeners of this show a seven-day free trial and 15% off your first month. Just go to FuboTV.com slash DK. FuboTV.com slash DK. And today's J1Q comes from Paul. Who says, DK, I know I'm not going to make a lot of friends with this question, but is Malkin really necessary to the success of this team? When Sid is hurt, we always hear about the Pens' record with and without him. Well, look how the Penguins are doing without Malkin. And it's a fair point, Paul. And it's something that crosses everyone's mind every time. Gino is out for any sustained stretch. That dialogue went all the way through last season, right up until Gino's return close to the start of the playoffs. And then everyone started seeing Gino do Gino things. And then the playoffs happened. And you started to see even more how and why a truly special player can make the difference. Let me set this one on the table first before going any further. Evgeny Malkin has won 
three Stanley Cup championships. In one of those, the first of them, he was the Conn Smythe Trophy winner as the playoff MVP. In the two that followed, he was a pretty significant contributor as well. This is not someone who will hurt you in the biggest and most important games. I feel like that needs to be cleared up before anything else because we forget about that based on regular season uh, hiccups and mistakes and lapses and wondering whether or not he'll be the first one who won't have that full buy-in to the Sullivan system when he returns and then poison the well for everybody else. When it comes to the playoffs, Paul, what I want you to watch, if you can stand it, go find it on NHL.com. The full game, Game 6, against the Islanders in Uniondale. He was skating six feet above the ice in that one. He was doing things no one else on that rink, including Sidney Patrick Crosby, would ever dream of. You don't just take a player like that and dismiss him over a, a potential chemistry concern, but especially, especially after he came back last season and showed you that he would and could and wants to play this style of hockey. He was still himself. He was still making Geno plays. If you remember the gorgeous pass on the one power play to set up a Jeff Carter goal that even Carter afterward said when I brought it up with him, Carter goes, uh, like, I never imagined there would be a pass coming to me in that situation. So I just got it and got rid of it. Well, yeah, that's what it's like playing with truly great players. And, you know, that's coming from a guy who's now got 400-plus goals himself. You still need special players to win it all. Whether they're older, uh, you know, whether they've slowed a little bit, there's a part of me, not a big part, but a part of me that believes that the Penguins should actually appreciate that both Sid and Gino are having such late starts to their season because they're not going to be 82-game fatigued by the time the playoffs roll around. Um, Yeah, they're both going to be ticketed for the Olympics, obviously, presuming the Olympics go off. But even that comes wrapped within a three-week overall break. There's time to recuperate and recover. They're going to be in a pretty good spot by the time playoffs come around, and you want them on your roster for game one, which will probably be against the Islanders again, right? Isn't that how this goes? They're just going to play nothing but the Islanders into perpetuity in the playoffs. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. We'll do another one of these on Monday. Monday.